You are listening to the Amateur Church Podcast, where we pursue excellence in ministry with the right motivation for the sake of love. I'm Pastor Matt, and I'm so thankful that you are on this disciple's journey with us. This week, we've been reading through the book of Luke, and today we want to ask, how can we share uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ? How can we be involved in evangelism based on some of the truths of Luke? And what I want to do is I actually want to walk you through, instead of focusing on one passage, I want to walk you through this idea of how Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit, the, the importance of the Holy Spirit in the book of Luke. Uh, and, and I shared in, in our first episode this week that the Holy Spirit is mentioned three times more than the other Gospels, uh, uh, three times more in the book of Luke than the other Gospels combined. And this is just an interesting point that I want to bring out today and really walk you through uh, some of the some of the important aspects and elements of the Holy Spirit's role even in the life and ministry of Jesus Christ. So for instance, we begin uh, in Luke chapter 1 verse 35 where it says that Jesus was conceived and born of the Holy Spirit. That's a promise we have. Uh, then we see in Luke chapter 2, verse 40, that Jesus grew in the Holy Spirit. Uh, and this is very important for us to understand, is that uh, Jesus, being fully God, was also fully man. He needed to grow up in obedience to God the Father. Then we also see that Jesus in Luke chapter 3, verse 21 through 22, was baptized in the Holy Spirit. So see, he, he was conceived, he grew up, he was baptized. And then the very next verse, Luke chapter 4, verse 1, tells us that he was led into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit. Luke 4, verse 4, the same chapter, says that he overcame temptation through the Holy Spirit. I want you to see all of this, how it is the power of the Holy Spirit on Christ's life uh, that, that allowed him, even though he was fully God, he was still fully man. He had denied himself of God-like abilities, not identity, but abilities, and he needed the Holy Spirit. He overcame temptation through the Holy Spirit uh, in the wilderness, but also ministered through the Holy Spirit once he came out of the, the wilderness. He began to minister. And this shows up in Luke chapter 4, verse 18. Even in his teaching, uh, Jesus steps up in the synagogue in, uh, in Nazareth, and he, uh, he reads from Isaiah chapter 61, and in that it says, the Lord has anointed me. The Spirit has anointed me. Jesus reads this and says, this is fulfilled in your hearing. So what is Jesus saying? That he was promised to be anointed by the Holy Spirit according to Luke chapter 4, verse 18. And then we see Luke chapter 10, verses 21 through 22, that Jesus rejoiced in the Holy Spirit. There is rejoicing when we follow the Spirit. Uh, Christ then encouraged us to ask for the Holy Spirit in Luke chapter 11, verse 13. We know that in John 14 and 16, Christ spends a lot of time talking about the role of the Holy Spirit, but we actually see him telling his disciples, ask for the Holy Spirit. Luke chapter 12, he assures us in verses 11 and 12 to trust the Holy Spirit, much like, again, John 14 and 16, we can trust the work of the Holy Spirit. We also know that Jesus accomplished his mission. What was his mission? To live, die, be buried, and then rise again 
through the Holy Spirit. Luke 24, 46 through 48 tells us that. And this is referenced again by the author of Hebrews in Hebrews chapter 9, 14. And then finally, he entrusts his mission to us through the Holy Spirit. Luke chapter 24, verse 49. Now, I want you to see, I, I want to actually read these verses to you because it's very important uh, in, in not only in Luke, but in our understanding of evangelism. Notice what it says. Luke 24, verse 46 says, And he said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ, the Messiah, would suffer and rise again from the dead the third day, and that repentance for forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in his name to all the nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. So that's where Christ declares, hey, this is what uh, has taken place. Uh, and then listen to um, Hebrews 9, 14. How much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without blemish to God, Cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. So that's that's where Jesus accomplished his mission. So if that's true, how does he entrust his mission to us? Look at Luke 24, verse 49. And behold, I am sending forth the promise of my Father upon you, but you are to stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Sending forth what promise? The promise, the Holy Spirit. We see that in Acts chapter 1 where Jesus says, and you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. From the promise that Jesus would be anointed by the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter, uh, or in Isaiah 61 to the promise that Jesus would be conceived of the Holy Spirit in Luke chapter 1 verse 35, all the way through the book of Luke to where he entrusts his missions to uh, his mission to us, it is by the power of the Holy Spirit, God Himself. Now, if it it is that important that we see over ten times, ten elements, just in a cursory reading of the book of Luke, that Jesus depended on the Holy Spirit, how much more should we depend on the Holy Spirit today? My encouragement to you is that we would pray that the Holy Spirit fills us and uses us for God's glory. As we close out this episode, I'd like to uh, take us to a throwback Thursday moment in church history. And this is very dear to my heart. This moment in church history is in 1638. In 1638, you had had for uh, a few decades uh, many individuals coming over to uh, the Americas uh, where the pilgrims come on the Mayflower in uh, 1620. And, uh, and they uh, land, their landing point was Plymouth, Massachusetts. They set up Massachusetts Bay Colony. Uh, but while they were in Massachusetts, uh, the Puritans uh, had what was known as a Congregationalist Church, that sort of uh, uh, denomination there. They, they offered a separatist, one of, the, one of the separatists, by the name of Roger Williams. They asked him to be one of their uh, pastor teachers. Well, uh, Roger, he wasn't a uh, he wasn't a Puritan. He was a uh, separatist, and he believed that you could not enforce religious beliefs on uh, on people. Uh, that that was a work of of who the Holy Spirit. So he did he refused the position, and he left and started serving and trying to win Native Native Americans over to Christ. And as he's doing that, um, the the court in 1635 actually banished. 
uh, Roger Williams from Massachusetts. So he bought uh, a uh, small uh, small area um, south of Massachusetts uh, and named it Providence. And this would become Providence, Rhode Island, uh, because he believed that God had given him uh, this land. So he bought it from the Native Americans there. And three years after he founded Providence, Rhode Island, he set up the first Baptist church in the colonies. Yes, first Baptist church, Providence, Rhode Island, became the first Baptist church in uh, in, in America. And uh, this moment in church history is very important because for us today, we are uh, we definitely align with this understanding that you cannot legislate the Holy Spirit or make someone believe uh, and follow uh, Jesus Christ. That's a work of the Spirit and and their own uh, conscience. And so I'm thankful for men like Roger Williams, who stood firm. Was he perfect? Absolutely not. But he stood firm in the uh, in understanding that salvation is wrought by God, not by man. Uh, I just want to mention this also uh, as we look at uh, some of the some of the early settlers. Uh, there was another guy in 1681 who was a member of what's known as the Friend Society. His name was William Penn, who got a uh, a piece of land from King Charles II, and just like Roger Williams, he refused to uh, allow the colony to be linked to anything beyond uh, monotheism. Uh, And so uh, his colony became known as Penn's Forest, or what would later be known as Pennsylvania. And so hopefully you can see early on in American history that God was using uh, godly men and godly women to establish a Christian nation, not Christian based on government, but Christian based on Christ's work. And may we today stand for Christian principles. I love you. I'm praying for you. Stakes in the ground.